You're listening to the Dad Bod Golf Pod with Kyle Rush and Ben Taylor. What's up, everybody? It's episode six of the Dad Bod Golf Pod. I'm glad you remembered. Yeah. <laughs> I have to ask. I Every time I save this thing, I have to ask, what episode are we on? Yeah. Shouldn't be that hard. But no, it shouldn't be. I mean, it's you can do it on both hands. We can count. But but when you go for like an hour and 20 minutes, yeah. like last episode, numbers can kind of start running together. That's so. fine, though. I mean, it's it's two dads talking golf. I can't talk to my wife about that kind of no. stuff for an hour. She's going to look at me like I got three heads. No, I get rolling, and then it's just... <laughs> Next thing you know, the sun's going down. There's, that just lets you know how much there is to talk about and how golf is back. It was it was around in the 70s and 80s, and then it took a dip until Tiger came back, and then it took a dip, and now it's back again. Yeah, and then, yeah, and back, back. Like, we're starting to get crowds back again. Yes. More people playing in events, and it's it's back. The more I look back on it, the more I'm still upset at the U.S. Open, how they didn't allow more people in. But it was in California, so I guess that was the reason being. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Tight it would have you know, it would have been so nice to have 250,000. Just, it was loud enough on 18. Yeah. Think about 15 through 18, how loud it would have been. Oh, well. Especially with a lot, on the, think about the front nine. With yes. all the birdies and things like that that were going on, like that would have been electric. And everybody would have been following them because that's where yes. your leaders were. So been they would have been, fo- and it would have been loud and it just would have, and then they would have probably all left them at around 12 to scamper over to 18 and 17. And uh, yeah, it would have been electric. What a missed opportunity. That's all right, though. Speaking of lack of electricity. Oh, how bad (laughs) does it suck to have to be the tournament after a major? You know, you and I have discussed this. The Masters does a good job. They go to Harbortown afterwards. Well, the Masters did a good job. But, you know, they've got Darius Rucker back when Mike and Mike were a thing on ESPN radio. Yeah, they did a um you know, a week after the Masters Pro-Am type deal where they took a lot of ESPN personalities and put them on the course. And uh, Darius Rucker brought all his friends and musicians and people that love golf and went on the So it had a little bit of a buzz, Yeah, the one after the Masters, because you know they're in Harbortown, and they provide the plaid jacket. So they try really to make cool a, jacket, yeah. yeah, they try to make a deal out of it. And it's an awesome course. It's it like is. a historic, really awesome golf course. Like a lot of cool stuff's happened there. That's and the one Cam Smith was fishing at when he didn't make the cut. Right. He was over at Harbor. He was fishing at Harbor Town. Yeah, that's history. Yeah. And so uh they got that one, but this one I had to ask you number one where they were playing. Right. And which tournament it was, because they, you know, now with all the sponsors, but it was the Travelers. And I think there's two Travelers tournaments throughout the year, because uh, they also do the one where they put the, because at both times they put the umbrella the out. umbrella uh, thing out in the water. And they get to, they can win somebody a car by It's it. like in Tampa, is it in Tampa maybe or something? I've forgotten. I know they, I know that if you make a hole in one on it, you win a, everybody enters through Travelers and you can either win like your mortgage for life or a car. They always have a prize. Yeah. I don't know if they'll do that this week. Also, nobody cares if they do that this week because nobody's going to be watching this week. It's, <laughs> and unfortunately, there's a really good field. Like DJ's playing, Bubba's playing, Bryson's playing. There's a lot of top guys. Justin Rose in there this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, your man, Cameron Smith, going to be in there this week. Uh, he got there early. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> he was all upset last week when he didn't make the cuts. He yeah. got there early. Snedeker is going to be there this week. Uh, Brant Snedeker, also Bubba Watson's going to be there. Uh, you know, my man Berger going to be there. This is his tournament to lose. Oh, yeah. This is a Daniel Berger <laughs> special right here. We At first we said we sat down and we were talking about you said this is a Stuart Sink special because yeah. it is. This is 
he and uh, the Stuart Sinks of the world, uh, you know, other golfers that are always kind of incontent. This is a Max Homa special. He's, yeah. he's got an opportunity. He could win something like this. Uh, Henley's playing good. He's in the tournament. So Russell Henley could yeah. uh, could put up a number and, and he could do well. So it's Ricky. This is his coming back party. He's, he's had been a, playing good. Playing I'm better. He's, last been, couple. he's had a couple of weeks off because he didn't qualify and because uh, he went through the qualification process. And so he ended up not playing in tournaments because he didn't do well in yeah. the Memorial the week before. Uh, so this is, as you said, Bryson's in it. Duff's in it. For all of us local guys that follow, Jason Duffner is going to be there and be in this tournament. So uh, Jason Day, who had his heyday of being number one in the world for a while. It's a really good field. Great field. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> and if, if I remember correctly, the course is just in like an average neighborhood. Like it's yeah, like you were dudes, saying that. dudes just grilling on like a Weber on the back <laughs> on the back deck. They're renting houses. There's no hotels near it, so they're renting yeah. houses and that kind of thing. So I... And then on top of everything, it's in Connecticut. Yes. Which is literally as far away from Torrey Pines almost and still be in the United States as you could possibly be. So it's amazing that these dudes finished on Saturday or on Sunday. Yes. With three hours behind the time of what of what it is in Connecticut. And then so you got to fly all the way. You lose a, you lose that time. Um I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of traveling to turn around and go play in a tournament that. And that's fine for the guys that the Kepkas and the DJs and the Brysons of the world, you know, the, even Ricky's, you know, NetJets, you always see them yeah. doing their sponsor. I mean, they're there in three hours. Right. These other guys that, you know, we've talked to and the guys are just, they're flying commercial. <laughs> <laughs> and so they all boarded a plane either Sunday night or first thing Monday morning so they can get there and get a couple of practice rounds in yeah. before they start on Thursday. So uh, you, you hate it for the – it's the grueling travel for the pro that doesn't have the millions in the bank or the sponsorship from NetJets or their own private plane in general like the Tigers of the world who has a yacht or a plane depending on how right. close to the coast he's going to be. Um <laughs> I, I told you, Oosthuizen's not in this. Yeah, because and and one reason being is because uh, it was brought up last week. He used to. I remember years ago, he has to have his mattress to sleep on. That's weird. So he was having his mattress FedEx to every event that he was at and waiting in his hotel room when he got there. I guess that got a little tiresome to do. Yeah. So now he got has a, he has a camper. He has an RV. <laughs> And he still does the camper everywhere he goes, which is kind of odd to me because that's another thing. He's not like a real superstar, but you got to wonder how many stupid, crazy fans go and knock on his camper. It's like, hey, man, can I get an autograph? Because it, it, you can park kind of semi close, but they're not going to let that camper be plugged in yeah. right there at the like at the event. So, right. um, so yeah, it's I feel bad for these guys that it's not going to be absolutely great. So um, the only other tournament we said that is worse is the same tournament that's played the same time as the British Open. The Open. Used to be. <laughs> or the Open. <laughs> I, I, I told Kyle, Kyle, we had this argument last episode where he said it's the British Open, or he said it's the Open. I said, no, it's also, it's the British Open. And the reason I say the British Open is because it says on the Wikipedia page, it's known as the Open, quote unquote, also as the British Open. It does say AKA. Yeah, it does say AKA. So, yeah. um, PGA so, Tour app says And so it used to open. be the Barbasol locally, Yep. And that was another thing is I when I talked to Scott Gomberg when he ran it, Scott Gomberg would say, 
It kind of sucks because anybody that wins this, this is the open qualifier. So they never have a repeat champion that ever comes back to the tur- to the tournament winner at yeah. the same time as the open. So, so, uh, so that is the that is the ultimate worst. That's one. the ultimate worst tournament. Yeah. This is the second worst. Or the, any anyone after probably the PGA Championship, U.S. Open, or this or the second worst. Yeah. So I doubt anything that re- could remotely be close to exciting as it was this past weekend oh, will no. happen, but. I'll probably still watch and no, unless they have like a, a sixteen hole playoff between five or six players, then people start talking about it and buzzing about it. That's it, right? But we have a special surprise. Yes. So the first episode we talked about legendary, mm-hmm. the most legendary Twitter interview possibly ever with European tour, uh, European tour golfer Scott Hind, mm-hmm. where he had like the most terrible misfortune of losing his clubs and his luggage oh. on his way to a tournament and had to play with mismatched bag of clubs, pharmacy underwear. <laughs> we found out they were boxers. No name brand shirts and pants because he didn't want to upset his sponsor. Exactly. No name brand hat that he said he just bought from the pro shop. No, he said he no, borrowed he a Tylus hat. He borrowed a Tylus hat. He borrowed a hat because Tylus is a sponsor. He borrowed a hat. Borrowed a hat, borrowed balls, uh, everything in between. So we uh, just to, before we get into that interview, we'll uh, we'll recap his soundbite. Uh, we'll throw that on for you, and then we'll go directly into the interview where we, where we visit with Scott Hen, the the Aussie wonder who is uh, he's overseas playing as we speak. We were able to catch him before he he headed out. But uh, here's a here's a look first at his interview, and then we'll go directly into uh, visiting with Scott Hen on Dad by Golf Pod. I flew from Florida. I went home for a few days for my wife's birthday, and then I came back on uh, Thursday out of Florida via Paris into Copenhagen because they wouldn't change my flight to come straight to Hamburg. So anyone says, why didn't I fly to Hamburg? I wouldn't change it. And then they ended up losing my clubs and my suitcase. So I got in late yesterday, ran down to the mall to Uniqlo, bought a shirt, some pants, underpants. The worst part about it is the underpants. They're shocking. And then um, yellow pair of socks. Scott Jameson gave me a hat. Scott Jameson gave me his shoes. Stephen Gallagher gave me his his golf bag and some clubs, which I don't know how he swings them. He must be so strong because I can't use them. I'm eating everything fat. And then um, got the fairway woods from the gentleman who owns a, owns a golf course here and his putter, which obviously works for him, not for me. And Alexander Levy's driver. I don't know how he hits that because it goes in the crap all the time for me. So it's been a challenge, but I broke 80. So I'm hoping I get my golf clubs tonight and I can maybe shoot 78 tomorrow with my own clubs. Were you able to at least get some, some sleep last night? I saw on social media that you had to change rooms at the last minute because air conditioning. Yeah, yeah I did. Um, around 11 o'clock, they couldn't get my air conditioner to work, so the guy said, yeah, yeah I've staying here till tomorrow or change tonight, and I'm not sleeping in this sauna. So changed rooms, and then he said it was a little too late to get room service, so... It was just one of those days. Just, just one of those days when you travel and nothing seems to go how you wish it'd go. But uh, you know what? Maybe I'm saving all my luck up for for the last third of the year. We'll see what happens. Hang in there. I think yeah. your luck's due to change. Yeah, I need a shave as well. So hopefully my bag arrives, arrives tonight so I can get my razor blade. <laughs> and now we have Scott Hinn, the Instagram Twitter sensation, joining us live on the Dad Bod Golf Pie. What's up, Hindy? How are you, boys? All doing well? <laughs> we're, do, we're doing much better than you've been doing the last couple of weeks, man. Well, I've been, I've been doing too well this morning. I was at the back digging a hole in the bloody yard when my, my daughter had a fire pit, so I had to try and replace the grass out of there, and it's about a 1,000 degrees here in Florida, so it's been great. 
Oh man, it's uh it's brutal right now with the humidity and everything and it's gonna be it's gonna be a hot summer. Yeah, so, well, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to getting back to Europe next week where it's a bit cooler. Yeah, I bet it's a, I bet it's it's perfect temperatures right now over there. Handy man, so a couple of weeks ago you became somewhat of a social media sensation with your travel mishap. You've always been sort of a golf legend in the golf circles, but now you've become sort of like a mainstream <laughs> mainstream social media sensation. So did you ever think that that interview would lead to, you know, the the retweet, the the comments, the everything, that just the great story that was this that came out of your misfortune? No, I had no idea what was gonna go on. I was just being totally honest that the um, the clothes I bought were um pretty ordinary after I got my luggage lost and like I said and the truth was that the underpants were the worst part the boxer shorts were just horrendous <laughs> it's funny it's, it's funny you say that because that's Kyle's that was his number one thing because so, you know being a dad by to me and regular hackers and golfers we just go on golf trips I mean it's nothing like what you guys endure and so we talk about how we pack early and how we're, we're packed a whole week out because we're excited to get away and get away from work and go play with our buddies and, and ham it up and probably have way too many alcoholic beverages while we're gone. And we were like, what would we do if we lost our luggage? And Kyle's number one thing is, is man, I'd hate having to go down to the local pharmacy and buy underwear because you got to break underwear in. That'd be the worst thing going. And the other problem is, the problem is you can't really walk in there and say, I want to try these on because <laughs> they don't really want that to happen, do they? You just take the jump and you go, okay, I'm going to buy these. I mean, you could go to Commando and I'll be pretty crude here. You, can, you, you get... The old guy gets stuck to the side of the legs when you walk around if you go commando, and it's not too comfortable. So you get those boxer shorts on, and then all of a sudden they're riding up, and I might as well be wearing my, my 14-year-old son's underwear. It's just terrible. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because we had a guy. We went we went to a re, uh, we went to Pinehurst, and on two you got to walk, and um, instead of instead of them giving you a cart, and so when we're walking, one of the guys, he's a big guy. I got to say, he's a little larger guy. And same thing happened with him. He had on two tiny drawers, and that's just because his wife bought them for him. He thought he was just going to be nice and not try them on or anything. He just wore them. He ends up taking them off and going commando like the last five or six holes. That guy was in pain the rest of the trip. That was the worst thing he could have done. Uh, I've seen seen a professional golfer friend of mine walking up the 18th fairway with his hand cupped underneath his uh, testicles (laughs) because he had such bad chafe. I've seen it happen. (laughs) <laughs> and and you go and just straight like no test you did you, you couldn't even give them a test run you just had to get no them run. and go and go and then go walk thirty you know walk thirty six holes I can't even imagine that's why I said I was that's impossible I gotta have mine but, like tossed tossed in the dryer ready to go before I can before I can go walk and play golf well the key the key is to make it around you're just gonna make sure you get that size that you think maybe a half a size to a size too big because. You don't really want that uh, strangulation sort of stuff. You'd rather have them be a little bit loose and then manage to get it around somehow. So that's that's pretty much what you have to do. The other part of the interview that stuck out in my mind was the way you you described borrowing clubs just as we describe borrowing clubs. You know how when you're 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 sitting on the range or you're air out killing time on a tee box because it's a slow group and you're like, hey man, let me hit that driver. Let me let me hit that four iron. That, let me hit yours. Let me see what it does. And after you hit it and it just it does nothing, you hand it back to him. You go, man, that thing sucks. He, he, it, it, all it does is go right, or all all you do is hit it in the water. <laughs> and, and that's the way you describe the clubs that your buddies let you borrow. Uh, it's true. It's so true. And, and and the clubs that I had to use the first round, I, I seriously have no idea because you look at the guys that use them and I think, oh yeah, that'll be that'll be fine. And then when you put them in the bag, you're like, 
that's totally opposite to what I thought this guy was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Like we we play, uh, we're we're not good enough to know the difference. So like we can go on a trip and use rental clubs, and it's no big deal. But I can only imagine as as tuned in and and as fine tuned as you guys get these things, what it is to jump from like just your gamers to just a mix up of everybody's you know different shafts and this that and the other from a whole different bunch of players and then putters man putters like you got to have your your putter is your baby you got to have a relationship with that thing and to just just grab a, a a different putter and go try to make it happen it just i just can't even imagine how hard that was the problem is that the, the top end and the bottom end of the set is what it all happens i mean obviously they say you drive for yeah. show and you putt for dough. Well, you drive for dough and you putt for dough. It doesn't really matter which one it is. And right. and when a driver <laughs> feels like it's your wife's driver, it's got the thinnest <laughs> grip on it ever and a whippier shaft. Then you go to a putter, and my putter's usually counterbalanced. So there's a there's a, a weighted plug put in underneath the grip, which makes it feel more overall even in the whole weight of the club. When you get one and it's just there's right. no weight in the grip, all of a sudden you're hitting those 30-footers, 36 feet. It's just weird, sort of weird feeling. Yeah, well, you, no time to you, no, you no man- time to get adjusted. You managed to scramble for uh, a little over right right around an eighty, isn't that right? Seventy nine yeah. and then seventy six or something like that. I used it was uh, twenty eight clubs in two rounds. I used a whole different set the next day because Stephen Gallagher actually needed his set back because he had two bent clubs in his own set. So I said I was quite happy to give his irons back to him. I said you can have them all back, my friend. <laughs> That's amazing. So, dude, you travel. You travel all over the place. Like, is this the first or the worst thing that's ever happened like this? Or, or is there any any time else where you've lost things? I mean, surely, I imagine that that's probably been an issue before. Yeah, well, I've lost them coming home. Um, touch wood. It's the first time I've lost them going to a golf tournament. But when I've lost them, I've flown economy. When I've come back. And, and you lose them for a day, but they know where they are. Like this time, Air France totally botched it up. They they sent my clubs to – I flew into Copenhagen because they wouldn't change my flight to go to Hamburg. They just said it's impossible to be done. And I know there was flights because you got KLM, Delta, and Air France are all in the partnership. Mm-hmm. And I was prepared to pay more, and they said, nope, you'll have to cancel your flight and pay another $2,000 to get another flight in economy. And I thought, that ain't going to happen. So <laughs> I flew business class, and I'm a million miler plus I'm a – you know, I'm on the high status in their their airline. I'm thinking it ain't going to be a problem. Shouldn't be a problem. So we got to Copenhagen. They were gone, and then my bags was gone. My my clothes were gone as well. So in the meantime, I got an email saying that my clubs were on the Saturday. They said my clubs were in Hope Copenhagen, and my suitcase was on its way as well. But nothing happened. So I spoke to the baggage people when I. I actually had to drive to two separate airports and collect my bags myself. Nobody actually delivered them to me. But they said my clubs went back and forth between Copenhagen and Paris three times during the week. So I'm not sure what they were doing there, but they certainly weren't doing their job properly, and the clubs got more miles than I did. Mm. That's so amazing. At least I got them back. You didn't get them back until what day was it after that tournament? Like the Tuesday or something like that or Monday? I drove to the airport in Hamburg. They told me my clubs were there. I got there. Finally got led into the secured area. There was no golf clubs. And I looked over on a carousel and I said, that looks like my suitcase. There was just a bag going around by itself. Well, not going around, just sitting on the carousel. I walked over, checked it. That was my clothes. So I got that. 
And then the guy guaranteed me in handbag. He said, your clubs aren't here. I haven't seen your clubs. Come out the back. So I was walk through all the bags. They weren't there. So I paid for the parking, got in the car, was driving back to the hotel because I stayed in Hamburg Sunday night. I get an email on the way back saying, your clubs have just arrived in, in uh, Copenhagen. They're ready for delivery. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. So, so I drive back through Copenhagen the next day and picked them up on Monday lunchtime on my way to Sweden. So, oh, man, no one knew what was going on anywhere. If I didn't go and do it myself... I probably wouldn't have had my clubs to Sweden either. When you're Let doing me, this traveling, have you got your is your is your caddy with you the entire time? Are you guys is, is does Leaf Misery Love Company or or are you all by yourself doing all this? I'm all by myself because due to COVID, due to the COVID protocols in Australia and, and the way things are going, my my caddy hasn't come out this year. So I've just had a different guy every two or three weeks. Oh, I'm I'm hoping wow. my caddy's going to be there in the Irish Open. I hope. So I've been playing with playing with caddies at. Guys, I don't even know. And it's just been, it's not like it's been working here in America. I mean, obviously, when I come back home, it just feels like everything's to a point back to normal. And if you're playing a golf tournament, it just feels like everything's flowing as usual. Back over in Europe right. and stuff, it's a little different. You got your gamers back and you head to Sweden and you, you go out there and you have a top five finish, just like that. So that's yeah. I, I tweeted, I said, it's amazing what happens when you actually have your gamers. You can You can play a little. <laughs> Well, the amount of time that we spend on the range with our track man and, you know, you, you want to dial something in when, when, the, when the equipment vans are there, you, you get your track man out and you look at the variance in the distance you're hitting them, you go over to the van, they bend them degree them to bring it the, the spread a little bit tighter. All of a sudden, you know exactly what you're doing. When you're getting someone else's golf clubs in your hands where you're not sure if their eight iron's going... 170 meters or it's going 130 meters, it makes it a little bit difficult when you got a shot over water. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You have no idea what to do, I can imagine. So, Handy, you've played a little bit all over the place. You've played a lot on the Asian tour, and most recently you're back on the European tour. And you had a win um, back in 2019, right before, right before COVID hit. And I believe, you know, they pretty much kind of shut everything down. How do you kind of pick back up? you know, after that and, and, and get the momentum back? How do you, how do you go about that? Uh, it's been tough. I've really struggled. With, uh, I mean, personally, I've really struggled. I wouldn't say um, too much in a mental state, but in a, a physical state, not playing enough and then not playing where I want to play and then having to endure the, the tournament bubbles has been a little bit of a struggle for me because, you know, first world problems, I'm used to my bit more of my freedom, stay in the hotel I want to stay at eat where I want to eat and, and do my own thing instead of being forced to stay with 155 other golfers and 155 other, other caddies all in the one hotel doing the same thing every single day. It, it sort of doesn't gel very good for my recipe for playing golf and I've sort of struggled with that in, in a way. Not saying that we've been very fortunate to be playing golf tournaments. I agree with that and it's fantastic, but performance-wise, it's very hard to perform when things aren't going exactly how you operate you know you do you do your headless with hindi and i I, I saw on your instagram and that's what uh, kyle and i talked about is there was one one of the interviews you did was with uh andrew beef johnston and you were asking beef and that came up i mean you guys he talked about how he he hates people walking around staring at their phones and not paying attention and then you immediately y'all went into you know COVID. he kind of the same thing he was starting to come together a little bit in 2000 2017 18 and 19 and then He's had some issues himself, and and I, that's the first thing I thought. Of. I thought, man, the European guys—they've been kind of locked down a whole lot more than the Americans have. It's got to affect them 
some way or another. Like you said, physical, because you're not doing the same stuff. But even some of the others, Beef has even talked about how some of it's been mental on him. Yeah, well, Beef's the type of guy, the very sort of um, close guy with his family and, he, and his little network that's around him. And the way things have operated, you can't have your kid out on tour. You can't have your wife unless she's been registered as either a manager, uh, a, a coach. Um, some tournaments you're allowed a plus one, so you're allowed to have one person come along. He's the type of guy who likes to have his manager around and his wife and kid and then his caddy. He, he operates in a, in a larger group than I do, but you know, some guys haven't been able to do that and it's really affecting their, their quality of play and their, I guess, mentally, their, their quality of how they're thinking a lot as well. And it's tough. Um, you know, like I said, though, we're lucky to be playing. I'm, I'm not going to say when it, it's... It's ordinary because we are out actually working, and some people don't get to work. So, but it's just difficult when you're playing at an elite level, trying to perform at your best. If you can't put together the recipe that you know you play well under, you know what's funny is from a, um, amateur, from the dad bod type thing, and and Kyle and I talked about this. Is we were lucky, and you mentioned that in the states, it's been a little different than it's been. Uh, overseas, but that was the one thing that even after restaurants and and stores and all that shut down, the golf courses around here stayed open, and we're kind of blessed. I mean, we're blessed in an area where we've we've got five or six golf courses, even more than that within driving distance. But right here locally, where where we are, and that was kind of our out. That was kind of our way to get away. Was everybody was stuck inside, and we were some of the few that actually had something that we could do and go do. So. Uh, it worked just the opposite for us. It kind of cheered us up and kind of kept us going this past year. Yeah, when we came back, we were, we were in Asia when it all from March 20 last year, and uh, I said to, to my wife, "Well, we'll just stay here." <laughs> well, it was a bit of a mistake because we should have came straight home because nothing really, nothing really changed here in Florida. It was awesome. When we got back, we're like, "Is this really happening? <laughs> Why did we stay away yeah. for so long?" Florida was uh, awesome pretty much the whole time. So. You actually live in is it Ponte? You live in Ponte Vedra, right? Yeah, we've been here seventeen years, so we're not we're not moving we're not moving anytime soon. There's a pretty nice course around there, I think. Is, is, that, is that right? <laughs> I think it's uh, Sawgrass. You play that play it pretty often. I occasionally get lucky when um, Cam Smith and a few of the other boys are around. They get invited out to have a game and play around the stadium, of course. But it's um, it's a good place to uh, to to see how you are doing by how many golf balls you, you can uh, disperse into the water while you're playing. <laughs> yeah, that's – see, like, we don't – when we play, we don't count under par as in, like, under – like, if I make a birdie, that's one under. Our one under is how many balls that we lose versus game when we go look in the woods to find other balls. So that's how that's how we judge our round. So if we if we lose two but we find two in, in the woods, we're even par. Yeah, so we that's, how, <laughs> that's how we judge our golf game. Well, I had, a, I had a buddy from overseas showed up here. He stayed with me. We went out and had a game. Oh, this is years ago. And I said, well, what are you playing off at the moment? He goes, oh, I'm playing off scratch. I said, oh, I'll tell you what. There ain't a chance you're going to break 85 that I have the back tees. He goes, oh, I'll take that. Bad. That's ridiculous. Well, we got to the 15th hole. He said, oh, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> can't believe it took That's him to hilarious. the 15th. I've seen people we, we were, do that all the time. Oh, yeah, we were brutal. talking about that. We were talking about that um, with a one of our uh, one of our friends who was talking about qualifying for the U.S. Open. We're talking about the difference between you know we'll go out there from our you know six sixty two sixty five hundred yards and we'll shoot seventy four seventy five. We're like, man, if we could just if I could just practice a little more, I think I could you know 
I think I could play, you know, at a, a much higher level. And then you go to those back tees and you, you don't roll in the fairway and you, and you put everything out and it, it's a whole different ball game. It's a whole different world. Yeah, well, there's no, there's no, uh, yeah, that's good. Pick it up three or four times around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it humbles exactly. you. It humbles you rather quickly. And you can't bump it up either. No, exactly. That's the, that's no. the thing is you, we tell our buddies that want to go to the back tees, we'll say, uh, now, listen, if we're going to do this, you, you got to play it down. Like you, you can't. There's you can't bump it up. You can't do anything. And you know, they're fine. I'm fine. And and they also, you mentioned the putting. They don't realize how hard standing over a three to four foot putt par putt is when they've been picking it up for the last five years because they think that's a gimme. <laughs> right. When when money's on the line and when pressure's on the line, those those three footers that they look like ten footers. That's what I love. I love having a bet in the practice rounds because when you when you're out in the practice round, you're just raking around the greens and doing what you want to do. It's, it's not real good preparation for the tournament. So I usually like to say a couple of guys I've played with, I say, all right, first ball counts, second ball you do whatever you want. So we play for whatever we play for. It depends on who you're playing. But that first ball, that first shot you hit during the practice round all the way around is the one that counts. I mean, you can hit three shots after that, I don't care. But when you're standing over that four-footer in a practice round, it sort of brings back a little bit. Whether you're playing for a Coke and a Mars bar or you're playing for $1,000, you just don't want to lose. So that, that puts <laughs> no. that pressure over that part. And that, and that sort of puts a little bit of the same sort of pressure you got in the golf tournament. Right. You'd mentioned so, uh, Cam Smith a, a little bit earlier and, and being able to play with him down at, uh, down at TPC. That is, uh, is, is that your winner or your dark horse, Kyle? I can't remember. He's my dark, he's my dark horse. When we're, when we're recording this on uh, Thursday of the Open and, and – he was our. He was my dark horse. So person that's over like fifty to one odds to win the U.S. Open. So that's who I picked as my dark horse. I'm just wondering. Cam will probably go this week. It just depends on how much he wants to go fishing rather than golfing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what did I tell we you? About, yeah, we talked about it. We said that he is. He is what he is the Australian version of what we would call a redneck. <laughs> he likes. Yeah, he loves he, fishing. And it's any kind of we, fishing. I told him that he played in a tournament in South Carolina. And I've, I've already told the story on one of the podcasts, so I'll keep it brief and short. But he didn't make the cut. And instead of going home or going to practice, they panned over. And he was over fishing just off of one of the docks. Like, he hung around because of the good fishing and decided he wasn't going to go home yet. So he didn't, you know, here he is. He's out on Friday. And by Friday evening, he's got a fishing pole in his hands. And he, he's at, he's standing out on the dock trying to catch fish Friday and Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah well, that's, that's, that's dedication. <laughs> <laughs> probably had a six, probably had a six pack of beer with him as well. Oh yeah, I can neither confirm oh, yeah, nor sure. deny. <laughs> have you? What do you? What do you think of the mullet, Andy? Have you talked? Have you talked to him since he's grown this just preposterous mullet out? Uh, or, I saw it when he started to shave the sides, and I was like, "Holy crap, that's uh, that's uh, that's out there!" But you know what? I've seen a lot of it because I grew up in Australia, and, and the mullet back in the eighties, the late eighties, when I was like fifteen. That, that was – so many people had the mullet. A lot of the football players had – the AFL players just had the mullet going. So I guess it's coming yeah. back into, into style, but uh, you won't see me sporting one. Oh, nice. <laughs> I love it. Do you like – do you do much outdoor stuff? Or are, you, are you a fisher or are you just strictly golf? Uh, I love – I love fishing, but I get really bad seasickness. And I tr- went to a doctor to try and remedy it, and he said your inner ear is way too sensitive. So – it's probably a godsend for me because I didn't buy a boat just because of that. Otherwise, I'd have a boat like Cam and I'd be out there every spare minute I had as well. I'm sort of a wimp when it comes to outdoor stuff. I'm I just pretty much play golf. I don't do the whole, I don't do a lot of hunting or 
fishing and that's kind of surprising to a lot of people because of the area that we live in because that's sort of sort of a big thing around here yeah well i'm not i'm not the vacation type guy that says i'm going to go four-wheel drive up into the woods pitch a tent and go fishing i mean that's not my idea of a holiday my idea of a holiday is a five-star hotel on a beach with a pool that's yeah. that's my idea of a holiday me too where i don't move at all i don't i don't wear a watch i don't keep up with my phone when i go on vacation it's it when i wake up i wake up when i eat when i eat and when uh when i get ready to go to bed i go to bed i don't i don't pay attention to any of that stuff well, I'm a bit soft like that. I like I like my fluffy towels and air conditioning, and I like the bed sheets to be changed every second day. That sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, speaking oh, yeah, of which, sure. that's one thing we didn't get to about the story. The 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 not only do you lose all your stuff, you get there and you got to move it 11:30 midnight to another room because your air conditioning is not working. <laughs> well, the problem is that everything's been shut in Europe and especially in Germany for so long. And the guy admitted to me, he said. We shut down for 12 months, so some of the air conditioning and then some of the pipes with the water when they turned it on, some of them didn't work, and then the pipes were all rusty and stuff because they they didn't use the rooms for 12 months. Yeah, and you went in and had a sauna for a room, and they were like, we'll, we'll get you fixed in the morning, and you said, uh, no, sir. <laughs> we get this fixed no, right now. <laughs> that ain't, that ain't going to happen. There's no chance of sleeping in this room because – and they changed me, changed me, and then I said, can I get some room service? And he said, it's all, it's a bit too late now. And I was like, oh, man, this is day. It's just getting better. <laughs> what a day. What a day. If you're, and if you're like me, when I go to a hotel, the first thing I do is I turn the little wall unit down to about 58 degrees. I want it, I want it dark, especially after a golf trip. I want it dark and cold, and I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> Correct. So I can imagine. You better not travel to Scotland too often or the UK because they don't seem to have too good air conditioning in their rooms. And then also the blinds. When you, when you draw the blinds, you still get that. In the summertime, the sun comes up. Well, the sun hardly ever goes down. So you need good drawers on the on the windows. Otherwise, you're in trouble. You know, yeah, I, you'll have that one line that's like the sun just absolutely just roasting you through that one little that one little line that comes through and lights up the whole room. And you wake up and you think, oh, it must be breakfast time. You look at the clock, it's 4.30. Oh. oh, my gosh. That would totally throw my bearings off big time. But, uh, Hindi, uh, you spent a lot of time on the Asian tour, and I've heard that you have some of, like, the most legendary, legendary stories on course, off course. What's, like, one of the ones that you're probably most well-known for or – one that you can you can tell that's you know maybe like PG rated as far as as far as oh, like life, life know, on the Asian tour. If I could if I could write a book and there was no names involved or anything like that, or and if, and if my memory was a hundred percent accurate, it'd be a great book. But there's a lot of stories <laughs> that we can't we can't tell because it, it, it incriminates way too many people on a lot of on a lot of levels and, and they and they're not PG rated. So it, it, I just put it to you this way: it's, it, it's a great place to be for camaraderie, and it's a great place to be for going out and and, and having a few drinks and, and having a great time. Um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't give it. I wouldn't give anything back for the world because it's been awesome, and it's I can't wait for it to start up again because we do have great. Great friendships, and you meet a lot of good people over there. Um, some of the things that happen, yeah, you know, you get the occasional explosive diarrhea and throwing up at the same time when you're rooming with some, and and you're in the you're 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 lying down in the room, and that guy's vomiting and having diarrhea at the same time. It's quite funny until it turns around and happens to you. But you know, throwing up on the golf course when you're trying to play because you've got food poisoning in India, just just all these beautiful things oh. that happen. 
I heard a story. I want you to tell it because this seems like something that I would do. So you're playing in a tournament, and I think the terrain was very hilly. It was very, uh, very hilly, and they were they were very they were very specific or very I guess anal about where you could use carts and where you couldn't use carts. And after about the fourth or fifth time, they they popped off to you. You just basically said. All right, I'm, I'm going to give you a middle finger, and I'm going to walk where you told me to ride, and ride where you told me to walk. So we, tell, we, tell we, talking about, we, we were talking about Koh Samui in uh, Thailand. Were you told this story? Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, I was playing with I was playing with a couple of guys that day. That one of them was an Indian guy who was one of the slowest players I've ever played with, and another guy was just a guy who just gave you the shit. But. Um, <laughs> You know, we don't all get on, and that's just the way a workplace is. But it was a thousand degrees as it is in Thailand, and you're supposed to be able to ride a cart on holes one, two, four, seven, nine, uh, eleven, twelve. You can't ride on 13s. Then you can you can ride on 15. You can't ride on uh, 17 and 18. Da da da. So as it goes, the day's slow and whatever. And I've got a local girl caddying for me and. Everything was okay on the front nine, and we drive down the ninth hole and letting her drive, and, and she's going down the hill, and she's nearly killed me. I'm like, I'm, I can't do this anymore. So I get on the 10th tee, and I hit a tee shot, jump in the car, start driving. And one of the other caddies is on the back of the car, and he goes, oh, Hendy, um, I don't think you can drive this hole. And I'm like, oh, shit. So anyway, we get around, and it's taken forever, and I've, I'm, I think I'm four or five over. I'm like, oh, I've had a couple of this. So I just jump in the car again, and the heat lost my head, and he goes, oh, you can't drive on this one either. And I went, oh, well. So I just decided to drive the whole lot of all the holes while the other guys are playing. So I just thought I just had enough. We get around to the 18th hole, and one of the rules official comes over. He goes, oh, Scott, uh, we have a problem. I said, well, what's the problem? He goes, uh, I heard that uh, you rode the cart in one of the holes that you're not supposed to ride in. No, 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 you got it wrong, mate. I've ridden the cart in every single hole. <laughs> so then they decided to give me a 14-shot penalty, which put me out to about 87 for the day. A 14-shot penalty? <laughs> yeah, which is ridiculous. And I show up the next day, and they, me being me, I said, okay, I'm still going to play. So I went, went showed up, and five minutes for my tea time, the rules official comes up, and he goes, oh, you can't go to the tea, you got to come to the office. I'm like, well, I've got a tea off. He goes, no, no. So they went to the office. And they um, they said, well, uh, it's not a 14-shot penalty. Uh, we're going to disqualify you. And I was like, well, what the hell? So anyway, this all went on. And all of a sudden, they gave me a fine as well. I said, do you know you can be fine in any tournament? You can shove it up where the sun don't shine. So <laughs> I didn't come back for two years. And then the next time I went back, I actually won the golf tournament. So obviously, a bit of karma, I guess, or whatever. But it was, yeah. it was an interesting day where I just rode the cart when I wasn't supposed to. And it's, it's one of those times where... You're out playing golf and it feels like it's a thousand degrees and your head just explodes and you can't remember where you, whether you. It's one of those things where you can't remember if you marked your ball or not. Is that hot? So it was just a terrible, <laughs> terrible time. But it was quite funny. You know, I, I found it funny. A lot of other guys found it funny because it was the type of golf course where they should have just let us ride every single hole. It's so hilly. It's ridiculously hot and hilly, and there's there's cobras there as well. There's snakes everywhere. Oh, oh my gosh. That's oh. terrible. That brings a whole new element. Like we'll have occasional yeah. rattlesnakes, but I can't imagine hitting one over in the uh, hitting over one over like kind of off the off the fairway, and you look and there's a cobra standing up, smiling at you. Oh, that would be it's, somewhat, somewhat it's a lovely place. I mean, Kosamui is a lovely place, and after after disqualified, I I did it rough. I went back to the hotel and sat on the beach and had a beer. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love that he said, so we heard that you rode a few holes uh, that you weren't supposed to. And you said, no, mate, I rode the hole, rode the cart on every hole. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 you got it wrong. Oh, how's that? I rode it on every hole. Uh, <laughs> I love it. And then you go it. and take their money a couple of years later. That's even better. What better way to come back? <laughs> exactly. Well, Hendy, man, we appreciate this. This has been awesome. Uh, you make time for us. And uh, where can people find you on socials? Well, if you, get on, if, you, if you go on Twitter, just Hendy Golf on Twitter. And <laughs> the, the one that's not too good is, is when I'm on um, Hendy Golf 69 on Instagram. That's, that's the one where I get a little bit loose and, and post a few things that I probably shouldn't post, but. It's funny because I saw one of your posts on your Instagram where I guess you had a little Twitter issue because people, the Twitter, as we call them, the trolls were coming at you. And you were like, look, this is supposed to be for a good time. You guys need to chill out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's when I hop on the, the Handy Golf on, on, on Twitter. It's just at Handy Golf is a bit more sort of serious sort of stuff. And that's where I put some stuff for, for golf and whatever. But the Instagram, Handy Golf 69, that's just, that's just where I'll, I'll, I'll just post anything. I'll post stuff that upsets people, and, and as you can see on the on, on the heading of expl- explanations of what it is, it says I just play golf occasionally on weekends, and I'm a, I'm a pseudo expert on everything, and I don't give a shit. I will offend. Good for you. I know I love we, it. we were uh, we were talking about some of the Instagram posts because you know plugging your brand, talking about your social stuff, and I was I was looking at some of your. I guess I don't know if it's one of your sponsors or not, but man, you got some of the best. I'm a big shoe guy. You know, the Dad Bod Golf Pod. Whenever we go out and we play as Dad Bods, we gotta have we gotta look like idiots out there. So we gotta have like flashy shoes and flashy shirts. Like that's your number one thing. We try to find something that stands out. Uh so you can get a comment out of the cart girl or out of your buddies that make fun of you. But man, some of your shoes that you post, those things are unbelievable. Doesn't a twenty dollar night usually get a comment out of the cargo when you give her a tip? That's right. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That works as well. You, you, don't, you don't need those four hundred dollars shoes. You just get a twenty dollars note. I give a tip. I don't know. Some, some of ours are a little stuck up, man. You gotta you gotta be able to wear something a little more flashy. It's uh, it's a, it's a little, little different. Especially the older we get, the more the more they don't uh, they don't care. They just know that you don't mean any of it, so uh, they kind of blow you off a little. Uh, yeah. Well, good deal, man. So you're headed back to uh, you're headed back to Germany here soon i believe uh we wish you the best of luck and we'll be following you and um just thanks again for coming on and uh don't forget about us <laughs> come no on worries, guys. i hope it all goes well it's uh good talking to you fellas and anytime you need some uh some entertainment or just to be bored by me just just get in touch <laughs> we'll, we'll do <laughs> right, man. man we greatly pre- we got you we got you start on our app now so we can follow you so that, that way we we know that <laughs> we, we'll keep up whenever we're wondering if we see anything in the high 70s we'll have to make sure we reread all the stories make sure you hadn't lost clubs again or something of that nature no 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 well the, the problem is when you borrow other people's clubs too you, you can't really there's no racket abuse you can't abuse other people's clubs yeah <laughs> yeah and you, exactly that's true you got to be able to re- release some aggression every now and then Correct. Going. Correct. Go you know, the club's his boss. What about the 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 balls from you? You had to buy right off the right off the the pro shop right out of there. So, no, so you had. To, no, no, I was lucky. I was lucky because I left I left uh, four dozen balls and six gloves with Wade Ormsby, who drove from uh, Copenhagen. He drove from Denmark uh, down, so he had golf balls and gloves. So I was a little good there. I was never going to be left without golf balls because Titleist is. Uh, even if I did my Titleist, everyone would use a Titleist. So I could have got three balls from here, three balls from there. I wouldn't have been an issue with that. 
Hey, well, I was wondering that because I thought, man, he poor guy, he's having to go and buy off the shelf like the rest of us. So a sleeve of ball is going to cost him fifteen, sixteen, seventeen dollars. That's that no, makes no. Sense. I just want to go somewhere with the range, mate. Practice <laughs> yeah. on the side. That's what, that's what we say all the time. One of our buddies hits one in the water. We're like, yeah, there's four bucks gone right there. You're you're four dollars down. We ain't even finished the hole yet just because he lost the ball. <laughs> that's good deal. Take care, bud, and we will uh, we'll talk again soon. No worries, guys. So that was Scott Hinn, boxer man from the pharmacy. Now legendary. Legendary. Scott Hinn. Friend of the program. Friend of the program. As you heard him say, and we will contact him again. Uh, he said when he gets back in the States, too, he'd love to visit with us again and just talk about some of his expeditions from being over on the European tour and some of the things he's going to be going through. And I can't imagine the stories that we'll, that we'll learn over the year or over the time that we do this show um, yeah he's got tons of story he's let his personality in general i mean the fact that he is from his from his thailand escapades to he will find more about it as it goes so uh thanks again scott for visiting with us and uh you guys can you heard where he said you can find him on twitter and find his instagram page his videos on instagram um are absolutely phenomenal he interviews <laughs> other tour pros and yeah. sees what gets them heated and yep. uh what gets them hot and, and and bothered and behind the collar and and a lot of them you can tell the way they look at him that it they they know he's just messing with them. So right. uh, he's he's notorious practical jokester. Awesome dude. Uh, hope y'all enjoyed as much as we did. Uh, don't forget to rate, subscribe, mm-hmm. and review on the podcast Apple Apple iTunes podcast mm-hmm. app. The better, the funnier the review. Yes. The bigger the odds that we read it out loud. So. Read it out loud. You can also follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, Dad by Golf Pot. Easy to do. Also on TikTok. Uh, if you get an opportunity, you can also email us, dadbodgolfpot at gmail.com if you have any questions or any comments, because we would love to read those as well. Or you can give us a call, 334 521 8307. 334 521 8307. Dad Bod Golf Pod. Always stroking. You've been listening to. The Dad Bod Golf Pod, always stroking. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.